Disclaimer, I am not a therapist or any kind of clinical practitioner. This podcast is not intended to replace therapy, but you might find it therapeutic. Hello, welcome to It's Not Therapy. I'm your host, Karen. It's Not Therapy is a podcast where we establish a safe place for people to explore the emotions connected to their experiences without judgment, have courageous conversations regarding mental health, and provide education to enhance your social and emotional well-being. Today we are talking about dealing with the death of a parent. And today on the show, we have a really close friend of mine. His name is Andrew Lilly. Andrew, tell us a little bit about yourself. How you doing, Karen? Uh, <laughs> thanks for having me on. Um, see, I'm originally from Dallas. I met Karen at UT some, what, 15, 16 15 years, years ago, ago, I think. Oh, <laughs> um, so, yeah, she's from Waco, which is my second home. So I feel like I was destined to meet Kefe. Yes, we have been friends for a really long time. And a part of friendships and getting older and getting through adult life is that you experience different stages with people. So um, we got through college and uh, neither one of us are married yet, but, you know, <laughs> that'll come when it comes. But um, recently or a couple of years ago, Drew's um, had another major life event. So, Drew, tell me about um, which parent did did you lose? So I lost uh, my dad about, I guess it's been about two and a half years, uh, two and a half years ago. So February of 2017. Wow. So, yeah, it has been two years. So what was that experience like for you? Because we know or I know that he um, had some health problems before he passed away. So what was that like for you? Yeah. So um, he passed from pancreatic cancer. But, uh, you know, as you know, with with cancer, it just kind of slowly shuts down everything. So um, he put in, you know, he, he definitely fought a good fight. But, you know, leading up to his death was was exceptionally difficult because I was literally I had a front row seat to pretty much watching him waste away, you know, the flesh and bones. Like I remember uh, one day, it was maybe two or three weeks before he passed away. You know, he was really weak and feeble at that point. But uh he was he was on the floor, and I could literally pick him up off the ground by myself and put him back in the bed, which is crazy for me because you know as as a parent you always look at your parent as like you know a big, strong mm-hmm. you know man you know especially like my dad you know my my dad was always bigger than me, so you know at that point it was it was it was rough you know just uh, you know seeing him in that state. And so you said you had a front row seat to. Um kind of watching him in his final days. Were you taking care of him during his sickness? What what was your role with him? Yeah, so uh, I had moved back uh, to be with him just so we could kind of have a, a constant watch over him. So between me, his girlfriend, my brother, my sister, uh, and even his his aunt, so we kind of had a, a support staff, if you will, to kind of, uh, you know, give each other spells to – you know, take breaks or, you know, do whatever we have to do with life. But, you know, I, I feel like I spent the most time, especially, you know, the, the years before, I had spent the most time with mm-hmm. him um, compared to anybody else. So, um, yeah, so all, all the, the hospital visits and doctor visits and appointments and, and things like that, you know, I was I was there for. So, 
you know, I, I got to see it all. What was that like for you, um, taking on doctor's appointments and visits and tackling something that just kind of generally have no clue, you have no understanding about? Right. Uh, you know, it's, it's difficult. I think uh, I think you just kind of learn along the way, um, you know, but at the same time, and I, I, I mean, I think people who are parents probably understand, but you kind of learn to sacrifice yourself, you know, for, for someone else, you know, so the things that used to matter, the things that used to take precedent don't, you know, because you, you're looking after your, your parent or you have to make sure that they're here. You make sure they're, you know, you're there, whatever, you know, you kind of become the, the point man mm-hmm. uh, for that. So, you know, it's definitely an adjustment. And how long was his battle with cancer before? Uh, let's. By the time I found out, I feel like I found out pretty late. But I think he had cancer for about two, two and a half years. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that's a long time. Well, what? Tell me about the hardest thing about being the caretaker for a sick parent. Well, I can't say that I was the the, the lone caretaker. Like as I said, I had I had two siblings, and you know, also uh, my dad's girlfriend was always was always there. So. Um, I think we we had a team. We had a tight knit team. So for that, I was I was very thankful and, and blessed because I know a lot of people have to go through that alone. Unfortunately, I didn't have to. So, uh, but the hardest part about being a caretaker is just uh, kind of the constant feel of, of helplessness. You know, because I think especially for me, I kind of knew the inevitable. You know, stage four pancreatic cancer is is you know I hate to say it, it's a death sentence. You know, it's just a matter of time before uh, you know it, it eventually. You, I mean, you know, the person eventually succumbs to cancer. So um, I think it's just kind of that, that feeling of, of being helpless and, and trying to make sure that, you know, th- your parent or your loved one is as is, is comfortable as, as they can be, mm-hmm. you know, because, um, and I, I remember one night, uh, you know, this, you know, still kind of haunts me, but, um, you know, at that point I had, I, I was tasked with, with giving my dad morphine every hour on the hour mm-hmm. uh, throughout the night. So pretty much from 11 p.m. to 7 a.m. every hour. I was up, and it was like this mini turkey baster thing, I guess. The, uh, so it's like an oral um, form of morphine. Mm-hmm. And I was just thinking to myself, I'm like, God, this is, you know, this is morphine. You know, this is this is the real, you know, every hour. So I could just imagine what his body was, was going through, you know, to have that amount of pain medication right. having to be circulated through your body, you know? So, um, you know, that, that was tough for me because, you know, I, 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 I had to kind of get over the guilt of, I, I felt like I was killing my dad almost, you know? I mean, I know it was to make him comfortable, but I'm like, you know, it was, it was, it was difficult, you know, and especially just seeing, seeing the, the process, you know? So, um, cool. He unfortunately passed away and um, life, you continue on with your life or try to continue on with your life. So tell me about dealing with what comes after your parents' death, Um, whether it's the getting the service together or just how do you move on or what did you deal with? going through that process? I think my first form of therapy was, uh, was, was the funeral. Um, so I put it together. Um, you know, my, I kind of made sure my, my siblings took a backseat to me. You know, that was the one thing that I was going to make sure was done right. You know, I knew, I knew my dad, you know, I knew, you know, my dad was, was a preacher, so mm-hmm. I, I knew what he wanted. I knew the music he wanted. I knew his wishes, you know, and even, 
he wanted, he always told me, and I hated it. I hated, I hated, I hated it. But he always told me that he wanted, uh, he wanted me to de- deliver his eulogy. Mm-hmm. And I was like, come on, dad, I don't want to <laughs> speak at my own dad's funeral, you know, but I, uh, I, I did it. Um, so I, I wrote the eulogy and that was difficult, but it was therapeutic and, you know, just putting the, the funeral program together and just making sure it was all done the way that I knew my dad wanted it right. done. You know, so I think that was the first form. And at that point, you're surrounded by so many people and, and well-wishers, which is great, and you're, you're thankful for that. So for me, I, I was numb, you know, so I, I didn't really grieve yet. Because for me, it was a whole, knowing that a whole lot of eyes were on me, you know, and I wanted to have this strong front, mm-hmm. exactly what it was. It was a front. But, you know, while all these people are around me and watching me and treating me like, you know, like I'm fragile. Yes. <laughs> and whatnot, you know, you, you, you're numb. You know, I was, I was very numb and I, I kept my emotions locked to mm-hmm. myself. Well, we were there. Well, I was there. You were. <laughs> you were. And, um, and I think for us on the outside looking in, you don't know what to do. You just know, like, I know it's not right, but I don't know right. what to do. So you're just like, I hope you're okay. I'm praying. Like, I, you're just like, you're at a loss the same way you're at a loss. I mean, the, the people who want to help you are at a loss, just like you are at a loss, but we can see you and we just like, I just want to bring him in and hug right. him and I, I just want <laughs> right. to make it better and I don't know how to make it better. So um, tell me what the, um, I don't want to say financial, like in your business numbers, but just right. dealing with estates and managing it. Cause I think a lot of people, I know like for me, if something would happen to my parents, I would figure it out, right. but I have no clue what we're doing when we're talking about executing a will or right. having to manage tax liabilities once they're gone. And so tell me what that was like dealing with that without being, you know, oh, in I your understand. business. Yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> it, it's honest. It's not even over yet, you know, two and a half years later and it's still, still not over. There's still things that we're trying to take care of and manage and whatnot, but it is a lot to deal with. Um, I would, I can't stress enough, especially for our generation, have a will or, for your parents, know where your parents' will is, or if they haven't written one. I know that's a tough conversation, but you know the importance of wills. It can, it can be on. It can literally be on the back of a napkin. You know, so uh, knowing, ha- having a knowledge of your parents' will or your own will, their wishes, the way they want things, you know, to be allocated or distributed or given away or or whatever. Uh, once once they pass is is so important, um, especially from like a land and property perspective. Uh, it, it gets difficult. It gets hairy. Um, you know, it, it's just it's a lot. You know, there, there are a lot of people that you, you work with and you definitely have to know who's on your side and who's not. Uh, so it's 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 difficult. It is difficult. When you say people, are you mean attorneys? The attorneys. Uh, yeah. <laughs> attorneys. Uh, if it's a tax situation, IRS. Okay. The IRS is the worst. Because <laughs> uh, Uncle Sam, Uncle Sam's going to get his. Okay. Know, no matter what, at the end of the day, he's going to get his. So. Um. So, when does it get better? Like I know it never goes away, but when do you feel like you felt some little bit of relief from the grief? You know, it's it's such a process. Um, I, I can't 
I can't state enough just how much of a process it is. I know uh, people who haven't dealt with the death of someone close to them probably don't understand. And, and it's something that you, you're not going to understand until you have to go through it, you know, because everyone handles it differently. But it's a process. Um, I wouldn't say that it, it gets easier. You know, I know the what people like to say, and it sounds nice, is, you know, time heals all wounds. It, it doesn't. You know, especially with uh, the death of a parent, um, you know, I, I've always kind of used the the analogy. That it feels like losing a limb, you know, you know, an arm or a leg or something. You know, you're not going to grow it back. You're not going to get it back. You just have to learn how to live without it. You know, you have to adjust your life to it not being there anymore. Right. And, you know, your parent not being there anymore. And really just leaning on... Um, whatever time that you did have with that parent and, and just recalling everything that they taught you and trying to make th them proud, you know, and, and let them know like, Hey, your legacy's safe with me. Right. You know, we're, 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 we're going to keep going. Right. So, um, I heard you say that it never, I don't say it never gets better, but, uh, <laughs> But that it's a pro it's it a process. But yeah, it's, it's definitely a process. And it may not go as smooth smooth or fast or long or short as you think it would be. And I think it's important too for people listening to understand that um, you re-experience grief at different stages of your life. And we teach our families this at at my job that you know a child may. Adjust to not being with their mom mm -hmm. And it's not the same as a death But they're removed from their parent right. And they don't know if they're going to see them again And then they're okay And then it's Mother's Day at school And you're like, why did Johnny have a fight today at school? Right. But it's because he was reminded yeah. of oh, yeah. Triggers. I'm not with my mom anymore So know that it's not it, You may be okay And then one day you pass Home Depot And you think about We used to go to Home Depot all the time right. and, and walk around And then you're you know, maybe follow fall apart a little bit. And that's yeah. okay. That is a part of the process is that you never, you're not necessarily like on a race and you get to the finish line and you're just done. You could circle back around. So. Oh, absolutely. I, I think triggers are so difficult because there's so many little things, so many smells, so many sights, so many sounds, um, places, all kinds of things that, that will make you think of that person. You know, there's... I, <laughs> it's uh it's it's been two and a half years of triggers, you know, and I, I think it's uh I don't think it's something that, that just goes away. I mean in, in in some instances, you know, you're kinda thankful for those triggers, you know, because sometimes you do need to be reminded of some things, even if they are painful, like, you know, hearing a certain song. Like, yeah, it hurts to hear it, but you know what? I remember this song because it reminds me of, of my dad because he loved this song or we were here when we heard this mm -hmm. song or we used to do this when we'd hear this song. Um, so, you know, it, it's difficult, but at the same time, I think, you know, it's in a lot of, in a lot of instances, just, you know, God's way of kind of reminding you of that person, just so you never, you never forget, you know, so even, even if it is painful, sometimes, you know, you're, you're thankful to, to have that memory. What would you say are your favorite things that you do with your dad, like three favorite oh, things you did. Uh, three favorite things I did with my dad. So, I was always with my dad at church. We went to church together. Uh, he was a Sunday school teacher, so 
and it was funny because he he had the Sunday school class. We kind of called it the black hole because once you <laughs> once you got in, you never left. It was like a middle school <laughs> class, but we were in there for like five or six years, and everybody was. You know, it's kind of like once you get to that that age, you know, that was the place to be. So uh, you know, being in my dad's Sunday school class on Sunday mornings was 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 great. Um, you know, there were just times just being at being at home. You know, we'd just be kicking kicking back, watching TV or watching a movie or something like that, just taking it easy. Uh, just and just the talks that we'd have. You know, especially as I got got older and, and became a man. You know, our relationship kind of shifted from from father son to more man to man. Right. You know, so. Uh, you know, I was always going to be my, my dad's baby, you know, but, uh, you know, as I got older and, and accomplished more and, and, and got further with my life and, and hit certain milestones, you know, it was nice just kind of talking to him and getting his, his wisdom, you know. Um, and I guess for the third one, just being young, you know, and just kind of learning how to play different sports, you know, mm-hmm. and kicking a soccer ball with my dad or playing catch or you know, or whatever, just going to the park or just, just being with him. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I don't know if like certain memories stick out more than others just because mm-hmm. it was, it was so long, you know, I was always, I was always with my dad. I was blessed to have a very close relationship with my dad. So, uh, you know, we were, we were <laughs> together a lot. So what would you say is the most important lesson that he taught you? Oh, uh, that he taught me. Um, I think the most important lesson was just that no one owes you anything in life, you know, um, always be thankful and, and, and gracious, uh, for, for all the blessings that you have, you know, cause again, no one owes you anything and yeah. And I, I think just, just being a good person and, and taking care of the people around you. Well, um, both Drew and I are PKs, which means we preachers' kids. <laughs> so um, I, we also we have that common bond, and we grew up in church, <laughs> so we have that common bond too. And so I think that that's um, pretty amazing that you got to be like up under him in I his did. class, I like did. for most of your life, and that kind of never goes away. Um, I feel like my dad is always pastoring me, even though. I'm not going to go to his church. Right. <laughs> He's still like, let's tell, let me tell you what thus said the Lord. Uh, okay, daddy. Hey, <laughs> he's, he's a great guy though. So, um, what advice do you have for, or what advice would you give other people who are either caring for or probably the team that's caring for mm-hmm. a parent who may be terminal, um, or going through that right now? Find an outlet, uh, find, a form of therapy that works for you. Like for me, I, I had a blog um, that I started shortly after my dad's death. So for me, writing through my feelings has always helped me. Um, and, and just having an inner circle, you know, everybody doesn't need to know, be in your business and know when you're hurting or when you need just someone to cry with or just, you know, sit with, you know, have someone to sit with. Um, so definitely I would say have an inner, inner circle. Like (laughs) I know you were just, uh, talking about growing up in the church, but even, even Jesus had his inner circle of disciples. Like he, there were times he didn't need all 12. Right. Like I need, I need my three, Right. you know? So, uh, I I think that's important. It's just, just having your inner circle and and the people that, you know, you can lean on and trust and and just be vulnerable with and, and fall apart with. Um, 
I think that that's it. (laughs) This is really good. Thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your story. Um, And we, I wish you nothing but the best. And I know that going forward, you know, it's not always going to be easy, but you always have me. I got your back. Thank you. Um, And if you need anything, obviously let me know. But um, I just wish um, nothing but the best for you. And um, as you go through things, don't forget all the things that your dad taught you. And like he raised an amazing man. So you always have that to look at. Like when you look in the mirror, that's my daddy. So you're, so thanks for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. Um, I really appreciate you being open and sharing your experience with us. And, um, I'm probably going to have you back on to talk about something different later. (laughs) Okay. I'd love to come back. Thank you. Stay tuned for Karen's Quick Tips. In this segment, we like to give our listeners some advice and practical strategies to help deal with the challenges we face on a daily basis. Karen's Quick Tips. Death is hard. Take care of yourself and try to lean into your support system as much as you can. Find a healthy outlet to express your feelings, whether it's writing, drawing, or working out. Remember, therapy is okay. There is nothing wrong with finding someone to talk to about what you're going through. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of It's Not Therapy. I hope that you heard something today that will help you. Be sure to like and subscribe and follow us on social media. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at It's Not Therapy and subscribe to our channel on YouTube, It's Not Therapy Show. You can listen to us on any major platform, including iTunes and Spotify. For a complete list of other platforms where you can listen to the show, visit our website at It's Not Therapy Show.com. Until next time.